Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> I love it. Welcome to episode 41 of Hashtag History. I'm your co-host, Leah. And I'm Rachel. And as tradition requires, yes. I, Leah, will be taking over the first episode of season five. 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 Sunk. <laughs> Cinco. <laughs> I had to count it really quickly. Yeah. Now, I feel like this is how we open up pretty much every single season, but I got to say it. I can't believe it's season five already. Yeah. No, we, we, and we do say it every season. So maybe at some point we need to like stop saying it and just you listeners know that anything beyond completing episode two has been like Shocker. a shock. Yeah. Yeah. Has been mind blowing. <laughs> so just know, know that that's how we feel before every single episode. Like, oh my God, we're on episode. We're doing another one. Yeah, we're actually still here. More than three people listen. Yeah, I know. Let me, can we just do like a quick, this is our season opener. Um, so like a quick thank you to how many like amazing people we have listening to the podcast and uh, following us on Instagram. We just are like super feeling the love. Feeling the love. So as you may know, I opened up season three with an episode on the Jacobite Uprising of 1745, inspired by my obsession with the totally inaccurate but totally <laughs> addictive historical romance show Outlander. Woo-hoo. Yes. And in keeping with that same motif, I've decided to do an episode all about the incredible life of a particular ruler of Russia simply because I was inspired by another totally inaccurate period <laughs> drama on Hulu, The Great. The Great. So are you watching it? I I watched the whole season in like a week. Okay. I've heard from actually like a lot of people in the history community that while it is completely inaccurate, mm-hmm. they really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, I haven't watched it yet. And maybe I didn't like plan this but maybe as we're going through I'll talk about how different the show is from the actual storyline. I would freaking love that that's my favorite is okay. like comparing yeah yeah comparing Rea- hollywood yeah. yeah to reality i love doing that yeah that would be great so for those who haven't seen the show or have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> the particular figure we are discussing today arranged a coup d'etat at the age of 32 and then followed up that badassery with some more <laughs> badassery by becoming the longest ruling leader of that country ever that's amazing if you can't guess based on that vague and confusing description alone i'll just tell you we're talking about Catherine, the freaking great empress of russia i'm rachel and i'm leah and this is hashtag history the podcast for both history nerds and history haters alike where we dive into history's greatest stories of controversy conspiracy and corruption Okay, so you all know on the weeks that Leah takes over the history portion of the episode, that is when I take over the cocktail portion. And I am really, really, really nervous about this one. Yeah. 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 Because you made it. I mean, I I, I like, I, I gave you the instructions and you got to see each of the ingredients that go in. It's very scary. It's a terrifying cocktail. Uh Uh-huh. This is true. So I don't know much about Catherine the Great, so I'm super, super looking forward to this episode and learning from you. What I do know, though, is that although she would become the Empress of Russia, she wasn't actually born in Russia? Correct. Okay. She was born in a region that is Germany slash Poland today. Mm -hmm. So here's what my thinking was. Okay. 
why not combine Catherine's German roots oh, no. with her Russian notoriety in this week's cocktail? Yeah. Okay. Do you see where this is going now? Yes. Okay. So, of course, we have the vodka in today's cocktail to represent Russia. Uh-huh. And then... um. To represent Germany, we have uh, Jaeger. Jaeger, uh huh. Which we probably haven't had since we were seventeen or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Let's be honest. No, we didn't yeah, drink she, at seventeen. What are you talking? I really, I really didn't. She, I th- well, so the rest of the ingredients also do not sound great when mixed together. No. Um, because in addition to vodka and Jaeger, we have an ounce of coffee liqueur and two drops of grenadine. What? Who? What? What? What is this drink called? We'll get there. Okay. Um, who, who? I would like to know, like, who, who thought this was ever a good idea? Who? How? Why? Mostly why. Mostly why. Secondary is a who. Yeah. Okay. So I'm very concerned about this cocktail. <laughs> At the same time, we've had a really good streak with some really, really phenomenal cocktails yeah. on this podcast. So I'm actually looking forward to trying out a potentially disgusting cocktail that may or may not make us want to vomit. Yeah. When when she first walked in and told me about what we were about to drink, yeah. she she was like, I'm actually looking forward to a shitty cocktail. Yeah. Our st- it's just been too long of a good streak. It's been too good. What if this turns into our favorite? It's not going to turn into our favorite. How could it? Okay, but, you're right. I mean... You're right. Okay. Okay. So this cocktail, it is called the Widowmaker Cocktail. And appropriately so, because I know that Catherine the Great eventually became a widow Uh as well. Yes. So again, the Widowmaker Cocktail, it's one ounce of Jaeger. It's one ounce of vodka, one ounce of coffee liqueur, and two drops of grenadine. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Best of luck to both of us. Yeah. Oh, geez. That was aggressive. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Is it good? <laughs> it's so strong, but not bad. I want. I wanted to hate it. Um, the coffee liqueur is like very. How does gren- my biggest thing is the the grenadine? That's the part that doesn't make any sense to me because it's literally like raz right grenadine is like pomegranate, pomegranate yeah, like li- yeah, know, something just sweetness. Is what I know. I mean, I add like grenadine to a drink when I'm like, it needs to be a little bit sweeter. Yeah, it's very strong. Uh huh. Could could burn your nostril hairs. It did burn my nostril <laughs> hairs, but it's not bad. No, it's not bad. I taste strongness. I taste the coffee liqueur, and that might be all I taste. That, yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's coffee liqueur times twelve in so far as potency is concerned thought jaeger would go with a coffee liqueur i don't know but in the uh website that i got this from the Widowmaker cocktail it it was like the the person that you know how recipes are and stuff and they you know kind of go through a story while they're telling you okay so and that's what this person did was like i know this sounds crazy but the jaeger balances out the vodka the vodka balances out the coffee liqueur the coffee liqueur balances out the grenadine like it was very strategic the person that put this together whereas i if i was reading that not with the drink in my hand, I would say bullshit. We did say that 12 minutes ago. We said this is going to be the worst thing we've ever had on this cocktail. And I, while I wouldn't put it up up there, no. um, it's not bad. Number? I was going to say six. six. Is that what you're thinking too? I was five or six, yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm drinking soda. Oh, it's yeah. like very, it's if you if you put some Coca Cola in there, it would it it reminds me of a rum and coke. 
I think so. It reminds me of a rum and coke <laughs> because the coffee liqueur has like rum in it. Yeah. And then the, I don't know, all the other stuff. Oh. I feel like it's going to be difficult to get through this episode and another one that we're recording tonight, though, because technically there's three alcohol. Almost three oh, full shots. It's like, let's do math. Um, two and a half shots? Yeah, there's two and a half shots in this very small glass. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I am too. Okay. So six? Yeah, six sounds solid. I'm going to do 5.75. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. When I post this on Instagram later, I'll try to remember that. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. I'm going to be focusing more on Catherine's early life and the infamous coup d'etat. Sorry. Sorry, I keep adjusting my mic. It's good. Um, The infamous coup d'etat I mentioned earlier, but just know that there is so much more (laughs) to her fascinating story than we'll be discussing today, much of which I had not learned until I started digging into her. Um, I was going to say I'm even more interested in this episode now because the only pieces of Catherine's life that I really know are kind of like her early life and her like love life a little bit. So I, I don't know if this is like weird. I like learning about things I kind of already know somewhat about. Just yeah. like filling in the gaps, learning more details For about sure. something I have like a rough structure of in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually really glad this is kind of the area of her life you're focusing on. Yeah. And I highly encourage you all to do your own research to learn more about this lady because it's actually like, like you said, I feel like it's something that's on the periphery yeah. of like my knowledge. But I like everyone's heard of her. But mm-hmm. what did she do? Yeah. Yeah. So Catherine was born Princess Sophie Frederick August von Anhalt Zerbst Dornberg. Did I do good? It was fantastic. Okay. In the Kingdom of Prussia in May of 1729. Okay. She, so she's born Sophie. Yes. So no Catherine. Got it. She was the daughter of a rather unrenowned and also unwealthy, mm. prince of Germany slash Prussia and raised in modern day Poland. Okay. Your people. My people. <laughs> <laughs> I tried for literal hours to find a visual way to explain where specifically her family's principality, which is like a kingdomish thing, um, is or was, but the Prussian Empire at this time was all over the freaking place. Awesome. Like, literally, one year it was this big, and the next year it was like a million square miles bigger or smaller. So, awesome. yeah. Okay. So, just know there were a lot of little principalities or like what we would consider as states here in the mm. US in the Prussian Empire at this time, and they were ruled by princes. Okay. Her dad was quote, prince of one of them, which was somewhere in the region of modern-day Poland and northeasternish Germany. Um, I uploaded a map for you to try to discern, but I honestly have little hope you'll be able to share <laughs> anything from this confusing piece of trash visual. Awesome. I just wanted to I, show you. I, I appreciate your confidence in me. I spent, no joke, like an hour trying to find <laughs> wo- like something that would show where she was from. <laughs> and for our listeners, know that the picture that she uploaded for me to view is quite literally titled, Where the Heck Was Prussia in 1729? So that's the picture <laughs> I'm looking at. I'm feeling the confidence. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm looking at. Right. I, I do know, like... 
modern day just because of the bodies of water that I see. Yes. I know like just below this picture is like Italy. And I know what we can kind of see in this picture is modern day um, Germany, yeah. Russia, right? Germany, Poland, all the Eastern European states. That's okay. where she's from. Okay. Yeah. Basically, the only thing that gave me any visual like clues yeah. was the Baltic Sea. Exactly. That Literally, that's the only reason why I know is at the very tip top of the picture the body of water says it's the Baltic Sea. So I was like, oh. oh. Now I, I have a general idea of where I'm even looking in the world. Yeah. So okay. that's where she's from. Okay. Generally. Uh-huh. Just to get an idea. Okay. And now we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> in accordance with the customs of the time, Sophie received her education chiefly from a French governess and tutor and was paid little attention by her parents. Mm. Pa- apparently her parents were not very nice to her throughout her childhood. According to Jeffrey Hayes in an article on factsanddetails.com, young Sophie was a charming and energetic, but not beautiful little girl. Oh. Yeah. I feel like I that's one of the few things I've heard about her where she was like beautiful. Yeah. She okay. was she was re- actually regarded as a tomboy and was known by the nickname Fike. And I tried to look up what Fike meant since I'd never heard that term ever before. Mm-hmm. And according to the all-knowing overlord, Merriam Webster, yes. it means to like fidget or fuss or worry so it'd be like me calling you fidget (laughs) (laughs) okay got it (laughs) give me a little fidget (laughs) oh yeah so 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 sophie was raised german lutheran she learned three languages growing up german french and russian cool and eventually as she matured her mother came to the realization that her daughter like was kind of hot (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, could be a means of improving her status. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was something that I did know about her story. And I don't know if you're going to go into this much, but just her mom was like awful. Yeah. And that Sophie was given zero attention pretty much until um, because her mom was also trying to like move in the social scene. Yeah, exactly. She was trying to gain more power because she was married to a very unwealthy, like, unpopular prince. And she was married young, too. Like, Mm -hmm. she, she, I I know her mom was married really young. And so they had Sophie, and then I know she had a brother, too, and the brother passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was only after that point that her mom actually finally kind of shifted her attention to, like, oh, yeah, I have a daughter. Oh, yeah. She's there. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Sophie's mother organized an invitation to St. Petersburg in Russia. Have you heard? There's a rumor in St. Petersburg. (laughs) (laughs) So she organized this invitation from the Empress Elizabeth of Russia, who had small familial ties to Sophie's family. Because, you know, all of the royalty were like inbred and related. Yeah, they're all related in one way or another. Yeah. So Sophie arrived in Russia with her mother in the winter of 1744 when she was just 15. Mm. And apparently she hated it. <laughs> okay. She literally described Moscow as barbaric. Wow. Yeah. And thought Peter, her eventual hubby and the nephew of the empress, was adult. Oh, wow. She described him as adult. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So I want you, just so people can get an idea of what this 15-year-old um, little Prussian girl looked like and bike. was about this little fidget, bike. This little fidget looked yeah. like. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did upload a photo. So. Got it. Um, she's pretty. She looks very. 
she looks very dainty to me. She's very pale. Mm. Um, sh- her eyebrows are on fleek. Oh. Uh, she's doing the natural look, I see. She yes. kind of has, uh, like, maybe some color to her lips. But for the most part, she's very pale, very all natural, mm-hmm. um, and very regal looking. For very sure. Very dainty, regal. I think she looks very pleasant yeah and she's got a polish nose if i've ever seen oh my one. god that's i was gonna say that like she has very small cute little lips and then hello, hello. we got we got a honker <laughs> we, we have a honker yeah but she's still cute right? no totally very yeah. dainty regal looking yeah so eventually her feelings for russia not so much for peter which mm-hmm. we'll get into um must have changed because she converted against her parents wishes to russian orthodoxy changed her name to Catherine and cemented her approval as a suitable wife for Grand Duke Peter, the heir to the Russian throne. And I'm sure it helped, too, that she already spoke the language. Yeah. That probably made the Russian people like her. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm going to backtrack a little to give you a better picture of Peter and his aunt, Empress Elizabeth. Got it. Peter was the grandson of Peter the Great of Russia. We've all probably heard of Peter the Great. Uh Um, but he had no direct claim to the throne, actually. He was dubbed Duke of Hol- Holmstein Gottorp. Gottorp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. In present day Denmark and Germany at age 11 when he was orphaned. Oh. Yeah. When Elizabeth, um, his mother's younger sister, became Empress of Russia, she brought Peter to Russia and proclaimed him her heir presumptive in the autumn of 1742 at the age of 14. Wow. Because she didn't have any actual heirs of her own. Oh, wow. Okay. So three years later, on August 21st, 1745, 16-year-old Catherine married Grand Duke Peter. Now, as you might have guessed it, their marriage was not all that great. Rumor has it that on their wedding night, Peter stayed up late drinking only to show up to Catherine's rooms the next morning where he promptly passed the F out. And that was just one of the like many, many things that you read about that they did to each other that were horrible. Oh, man. Yeah. So Catherine and Peter were married for 16 miserable years where Catherine was insulted publicly and often by her husband. Wow. Eyed suspiciously by his aunt, the empress, and passed over for mistress after mistress. So it's not like he had an aversion to sex. It was just Just with her. Yeah, just specifically with her. Which I'm not excusing him treating her like a jerk, but also these like arranged marriages and stuff. Like he wasn't interested in her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if... I can imagine myself in that same position on my wedding night, like, God, don't make me go back to the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then for the next 16 years, like, still kind of avoiding that person if they're not who I love. Yeah. But so, yeah, so that goes to show that he, it wasn't, again, an aversion to sex or to women. It just was an aversion to her. Yeah. Which is really miserable and really sad. Yeah. And another, that here's one difference from the show, and I didn't upload a picture of him specifically, but... On the show, like, he's a good-looking guy. He's, like, a little eccentric and quippy and weird, but, like, he's a good-looking... Like, he's Uh an actor. He's a good-looking guy. And he was not a good-looking guy. That's what I've heard, is he was not good-looking. And then, in addition to that, like, the first time that she met him when she was, like, young, young, she was like, yeah, he's not that good-looking. Yeah. The next time she met him, before they were married, he had somewhere in between there gotten uh, smallpox. And so his face was, like, pockmarked. Yes, he is... Yeah, that is something in all of the descriptions of him. He is 
pockmarked, as you said, and so just really unattractive. Ugh. Not cute. God. <laughs> but in the show, he is. But in the show, he's pretty cute. Couldn't they have picked? I mean, come on, just like, like an average-looking guy. Like, but then how would you feel if you were cast in that character? Like, we're looking for someone ugly that has uh, scars all over their face from like years of really traumatic acne. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's someone out there yeah that would and we feel for perfectly. you we understand that life of really traumatic acne years but uh she was passed over for mistress after mistress later Catherine was quoted to say i believe the crown of russia attracted me more than peter's actual person at least she's honest yeah oh and i i think i prefaced this or i postus this at the end i talk about where the majority of the perception of peter and Catherine comes from and that's primarily from her personal journal like literally oh, wow. how people how people see and think of Catherine yeah. and peter is from her personal journal which was later published and okay that's cool but also of course has a human very, element to and it very like one-sided wow so newer historians actually look at look at them and is like this might not be a realistic depiction of what sure. he was actually like sure it's probably just a wife who hates her husband scorned yeah a wife scorned yeah wow. so to alleviate her boredom and inattention Catherine had multiple affairs oh. <laughs> okay girl okay <laughs> the most notable of which was with sergey saltikov a court chamberlain she eventually gave birth to a son, Paul, who was most likely fathered by Saltikov, but was and still is acknowledged as Peter's heir. So in January 17... 17- oh. Interruption for a quick question. Yes. So her affairs were known. Oh, uh, and so were his. Like, okay. I think court at this time was very much like, yeah, you had a mistress or okay. you, that like, I don't think it was weird. Okay. It was almost expected. Got it. Because there were probably so many unhappy marriages. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in January 1762, when Catherine was 32, the Empress Elizabeth died Mm. and Peter ascended to the Russian throne as Emperor Peter III. So by this time, Peter's antics in court were highly frowned upon, Mm. according to her journal. (laughs) So he was extremely neurotic, rebellious, obstinate, possibly impotent, though that could have just been a cruel court rumor. And he was as close to an alcoholic as you can get without actually being physically dependent on alcohol. Kind of like me. (laughs) (laughs) And most seriously... (laughs) Oh. And... More seriously, Peter was a fanatical worshipper of Frederick II of Prussia, who was the foe of his aunt, Empress Elizabeth, and whose country Russia was currently at war with. So Peter felt a stronger allegiance to his and his wife's home country of Prussia than to Russia and made this clear to all of his constituents. Oh, my God. And was literally, like, obsessed with the ruler of Prussia at the time, even though his country was technically at war with him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. So it should be noted, though, that this, like I said, this unfavorable historical depiction of Peter is mostly due to the fact that the classical view of Peter's character is mainly drawn out of the memoirs of his estranged wife, Catherine. She described him as an idiot, (laughs) a drunkard from Holstein, a good for nothing, and so on in her memoirs. And these character traits 
stuck. Yeah. So who knows if they're really true or not. Yeah. I do. Again, we've talked about this on this podcast a couple times. It's just the human element of history that is so fascinating. But that's also the downside to history is Mm -hmm. you're not getting an objective view of anything. We're hearing from a scorned wife that uh, was not loved by her husband, which, again, like looking at this from a human lens, of course, they didn't love each other. One story that I've heard about her husband was like, have you heard this about him with puppets or toys or whatever? He was, uh, they, they rarely had sex. Yeah. And if ever. if ever. And in the bed, what he would rather do is play with puppets. And he would sometimes make her play with puppets too. I heard this on a, um, which podcast? I heard this on Stuff You Missed in History. Oh, yeah. I hadn't heard that. And actually. it's like, it's, that is just so cringy. Yeah. And it's like when he was a grown adult, he just, I mean, and that, again, just tells me he did not love her. He was not attracted to her. And it's sad, but that's also okay. Yeah. Like, you were not attracted to the person you were betrothed to. That's okay. Yeah. But then it, like, just puts her in this really awful situation. Yeah. Yeah. So another huge difference from the show is when I watched the show was before I started studying all this stuff. Okay. And it makes it seem like in their first maybe two years of marriage, all this happens. But okay. it was 16 years of marriage of a terrible, terrible, That's a unhappy marriage. Time. Yeah. So in the show, it's literally like she becomes queen and oh, the next year she decides to overthrow him. But no, it's 16 years later oh, in my reality. God. Okay. Peter was eager to create his own legacy. So he quickly ended Russia's war with Prussia. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Which then, of course, uh, I mean, how does that feel as like, Someone who was like uh, forced to be a soldier and go off to war, and then suddenly, because at the whim of your ruler, decides exactly that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. How defeating is that? Yeah, that like okay, all that time, all that time that I spent fighting and for my country, deaths, my family, my friends, the people that, that have died, died. Yep, fighting. Wow. It was literally just because these people, these rulers, can't get along or wow. whatever. So this act was incredibly unpopular, as you guessed, with the Russian military class. He also implemented some liberal domestic reforms aimed at improving the lives of impoverished Russians, which who knows? Yeah. But this alienated members of the lower nobility. So he just was doing things left and right that was making people really unhappy. Catherine, by contrast, was depicted as clear headed and ambitious. Her intelligence, apparent flexibility of character, and adopted love of Russia put her on the map as a much more agreeable alternative to rule the empire. That sounds like something from Star Wars. To rule the empire. And so, a plan to overthrow Peter took root. Six months after the poor guy became emperor. And the way you say that makes it sound like Catherine had some involvement. We shall see. Okay. Okay. Hey everyone, it's Rachel. Before we continue with the episode, we want to share with you one of our new favorite history podcasts. It is called The Past Less Traveled. I'm going to hand it over to Dan here, the host of The Past Less Traveled, so he can tell you all about it, followed by an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. What is going on, everybody? My name is Dan Romagno, and I'm the creator and host of The Past Less Traveled podcast. The Past Less Traveled podcast explores some of the most interesting places, persons, and events that you never knew you wanted to learn about. Each episode is an information-packed journey into some of the lesser-known histories of the world. With episodes ranging from ancient Macedonia to John Adams' role in the Boston Massacre, 
you will surely find a topic that piques your interest. Each episode is 10 to 20 minutes long, so you can fit this podcast into any part of your day. You could find The Past Less Traveled on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other platform you may use. You can also stay up to date with episode announcements and enjoy more history content on my Instagram at The Past Less Traveled, all one word, and on Twitter at The Past Less Traveled. That's P A S T L E S S T R A V E L D. Tune in weekly to get your fill of some of the most interesting places, persons, and events that you never knew you wanted to learn about. And remember, we are all trapped in history, and history is trapped in all of us. So Peter arrested one of Catherine's co-conspirators on July 8th while staying in a separate palace from Catherine. Mm. Fearing he had or very quickly would discover the plot for the coup, Catherine and her peeps kind of had to rush their plans. The next day, Catherine left her palace and went to plead with the Ismailovsky Regiment. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> One of the oldest and most powerful regiments of the Russian army. She delivered a speech asking the soldiers to protect her from her husband. Husband? Has husband? Maybe this drink is getting to me. Woo! Yeah, maybe. Okay. I mean, the, it was it was a very small drink, 80% liqueur. She delivered a speech asking the soldiers to protect her from her husband. And surprise, surprise... They believed her that he was a dick. <laughs> Catherine then left the regiment to go to the Semenovsky barracks, where the clergy was already waiting to ordain her as the sole occupant of the Russian throne. Wow. So she had got a lot of backing. She got the backing of the church. She got the backing of the army. So it wasn't hard. Wow. Well, I'm sure it wasn't hard because he was like, open and clear and adamant about his disdain for the russian culture and and she was the exact opposite she from the get-go she changed her name she changed her religion she changed her language to adopt this country yeah that she was a representative of i mean between the two you know what's so funny about this too or not funny but just interesting to see is i know back then but even today we when you see a couple that is not united, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Yeah. Without, I mean, I was going to say, going down the airplane steps, is that what you're talking about? The leader of a certain country I, and his wife? Are we referring to the Trumps? I, I actually was about to bring them up. Okay. Like the Trumps, like uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry or whatever, any kind of speculation that there is where a couple is not united, it's a big deal. Yeah. So, but I, I just, I wish I was like there during this time frame with Catherine and Peter to see like, were they openly, obviously not united? Uh, I mean, it sounds it like sounds it. It sounds like it, yes. And so that's so interesting that like she was committed to this culture and mm-hmm. this country, the Russian country, but was then also okay with, Showing I'm not united with my husband. I do not believe the same views that he has and stuff. That's so interesting. It's just super interesting. And what I really want to know and what I don't think we'll ever know is how real are these depictions, these so contrasting depictions of the two of them? Like, how real is that? Right. Was he really a persnickety little bitch? Or right, or was that he just someone who was perceived as that because he had, you know, acne? (laughs) You know, I... Right. People are cruel. And yes. I, I do have to say, like, I think looks probably played into it. 
in addition to all the other stuff you talk about. Generational stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, with the help of her fancy regiment, I'm not going to pronounce it again, <laughs> she arranged for her hubby's arrest. On July 9th, 1762, Peter signed a document of abdication. Wow. And Catherine was proclaimed the sole ruler of Russia. Now, this part is really more sad than badass. When looking at it from the dethroned emperor's point of view, it was only eight days after being stripped of his title and power and when he died. Okay. Yeah. My conspiracy alarms are going off. Mm-hmm. There are some speculations. Oh. So many believe he was murdered by Alexei Orlov, the brother of Catherine's current lover, Gregory. Wow. Though there isn't a ton of proof of that. Um, and there's even less proof that Catherine knew of the alleged murder before it happened. Nonetheless, all of the suspicions surrounding Peter's death cast a bit of a shadow over Catherine's reign from the very start. Sure. To I mean, this day, on. people speculate that she was probably she, involved in yeah, some she way. Arranged his murder. Or maybe her supporters did it without her knowing, but in any regard, he was probably murdered. Wow. I mean, I... I and it's only eight days after he signed his abdication. Do we know how he died? Or what? what is the, the story? I didn't go into too much of that, but I think that it was, like, deemed to be natural causes. But okay. again, that's all part wow. of the conspiracy here. Interesting. Yeah. Now, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I am not going to focus too much on her actual reign because she did, like, a lot. <laughs> But I wanted to give you all some highlights and maybe some lowlights to get a better idea of the impact she left on Russia. So please keep in mind I'm doing highlights, not lowlights. She, just like all other historical figures, was not by any means perfect. Catherine owned serfs. In fact, serfdom in Russia increased during her reign. Uh. She waged unnecessary wars and so on. But here's some of the good stuff. Ready? Ready. Okay. The period of Catherine the Great's rule, often referred to as the Great Catherinean Era, is considered the golden age of Russia. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. She greatly admired Peter the Great, her grandfather-in-law, who died before she married into the family, and the social and political reforms he made for Russia. Taking up where Peter the Great left off, she drafted a new legal code limiting the use of torture, reorganized the municipal system, supported religious tolerance introduced Western culture and patronized the arts and education. I like all of those things. Yeah. Catherine improved health in Russia during her reign. In an effort to combat smallpox, Catherine ordered herself and her 14-year-old heir to be inoculated against the disease as an example followed by her subjects. Yeah. Ding, she, ding, ding. And this that was feels actually, relevant. Yeah. And this was actually included in the show as well as she like full-on just took a syringe and like... It, shot herself up with a small dose of smallpox. Wow. I don't know if that's how it actually happened, but yeah. Um, she also helps reduce disease in the cities all throughout Russia by cleaning up the water supply and founding clinics to treat people with venereal diseases. That's cool. Yeah. Catherine is also known for her massive spending, but most of this was on legitimate and well-intentioned projects such as establishing new towns and improving existing ones, building libraries and educational institutions, and so on. Very cool. Yeah. So after 35 years of ruling, Catherine died of a stroke. Mm. By this time, she was relatively unliked due to her ruling her court with an iron 
fist. Mm. Her estranged son, Paul, was her successor, despite her allegedly installing her grandson, Alexander, as her heir. So she was just like, I'm going to skip over my son. Because I had heard, too, that her son was like very similar to her husband, was very similar to Peter in like his love for Prussia. And just, I mean, you said it, they were estranged. Yeah, I know they were definitely estranged. I don't know what the reasoning behind it was, but they did not like each other. Wow. So Paul, her son, was technically the legitimate ruler Uh since she had, you know, overthrown the emperor and that was the emperor's son. But she was like, no, I'm going to I'm going to leave him out. And just the next ruler is going to be my grandson, Alexander. Wow. So what Catherine is best acknowledged for is laying the foundation for the 19th century Russian Empire for both better and for worse. Russia became a power capable of competing with its European neighbors on military, political, and diplomatic grounds. It was expanded by over 200,000 square miles during her reign, and foreign policy with European countries mostly improved. But she also set up a class system, which in her early years she would have deemed inhumane. (laughs) She even imposed serfdom on the Ukrainians who had until then been free. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is another huge contrast to the show. Granted, they've only had one season, so they haven't gotten into her actual reign in the show. But they they show her as this like enlightened, like she wants to get rid of serfdom and she wants to like education is free and women should be have equality and all this stuff. And it's like, uh, I don't know how much of that is real. Maybe that's what she wanted. And politics just got in the way. Who knows? Wow. Well, we always do that with characters and stuff. We want to make them look better than they really did. Yeah. Just face the facts, face history. And that's definitely something after doing my research, I was like, you saw at the beginning of the episode, I was like, this badass chick (laughs) overthrew her shitty husband. (laughs) And by the end, I was like, like, you know, she proclaimed herself as she's even considered part of the enlightened, like, not Uh rulers, but... Enlightened era. The enlightened era. Yeah. And, but she actually expanded serfdom during her reign. It's very contradictory. Yeah. So, with an elite class culturally and very obviously economically different from the working peasants and serfs that made up 95% of her empire, a great divide was formed between classes. This caused endless uprisings over the years, which would eventually lead to the abolition of the Russian monarchy long after her death <sighs> which was the plot of anastasia <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> leading up next Woo-hoo! week we're talking about the romanovs <laughs> no i'm just kidding we're not <laughs> so what are your thoughts uh my thoughts are i learned a lot thank yeah? you yeah okay. i learned a lot um gosh what are my thoughts i think exactly what you just said like there's one piece of her that it's like so badass and so amazing and so um her recognizing that in this time frame and even today we need sometimes a man to be the avenue for us to accomplish the things that we want to as women and i think she sought that avenue she she got it and then she was like this shit like i don't need this guy you know and so i i respect that i think that she was a badass woman who could do so very much on her own clearly Mm -hmm. then there's the flip side of it that i think like and maybe this is just like the cynic in me but her converting to like russian orthodoxy changing her name adopting the russian language it's like on one hand you have so much respect for it like wow she really respected the russian people the other hand 
is like was it just a ploy exactly was that all just manipulation that she knew that that's what she needed to do in order to earn the respect and the love of this country Mm -hmm. and then that's how she was able to achieve so much and then obviously many of those things she achieved were not positive things yeah yeah Yeah. that's what i think well that's it i loved it thank you Yeah, and thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hashtag History. We will share the pictures that we discussed on the episode to our Instagram, and all sources used to put together this episode can be found on our website at hashtaghistory-pod.com. As always, if you guys enjoyed the episode, do us a favor and subscribe to Hashtag History on whatever podcast platform you use, share it with a friend, and give us a rate and review, please. And be sure to check us out on Instagram at hashtag history underscore podcast. We are always doing some super fun stuff on there, including contests, live streams, and much more. Much more. And if you are looking for a way to support the podcast, you can check us out on patreon.com slash hashtag history, where you can donate just $1 a month to help us out with our booze and books supply. And you can also support us by heading to our website and purchasing some merch. Yeah. We have face masks, mugs, shirts, tote bags, and there might be some new surprises in our merch store for you guys. We have seasonal merch now. And it's so stupid cute. And I might have to buy every single item that's available on our website myself. Yeah. So definitely go to our website. Check out the seasonal merch store because it's pretty cute. It's so cute. (laughs) All right. That's it for us, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm sorry about this. I didn't even hear him. I think it's going to be fine. Okay. Every Wednesday? Every Wednesday. Who has that much to do in their lawn? Every week, right? They hire. On, right? I think this guy like is hired to do our whole block except us. <laughs> I'm not joking. Y'all are hella stingy. <laughs> <laughs> he offered, we and were we're like, like, nah, nah, we're cool. In her memoir, oh, we're never going anywhere again, so you don't have to worry about like wearing a cute little dress that's gonna show it off or nothing. It's true. Like Nico, this is the time. N- Nico was like, I think I got like a Stitch Fix box. And I was like trying stuff on and he was like, why? 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 And I was like, good point. You are correct. At this point, like. What's the point? What is the point? Because if COVID doesn't take us out, the fires are going to. And the floods are next. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, what's going to be next? Uh, And according to all the all knowing. Oh, my God. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) And you haven't even had as much as yours. Moscow as barbaric. Oh, thank you. And I know you know that. She described Moscow as Moscow. I know you know that. That's why I, she... I that's why I'm helping you out. <laughs> so three years later, on August twenty fourth, seventeen forty five. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I need, like maybe I need to drink more of this. I expect you well, I would say I expect you to do the same for me in the next episode, but you always do take care of me. <laughs> except <laughs> Except the one word we don't speak of. Um I are you referring to especially? Did I say it correctly right <laughs> there? Did. Surprise, bitches. We are covering Catherine the Great. <laughs> Surprise, bitches. <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe I'll... So, as you might have guessed it... Guessed it? Guessed it? Guessed it. Guessed it. Asked okay, as guessed. you might have guessed it. Yeah. Okay, I understand. 
thought you said. I was thinking I might have guessed Ed. Guessed Ed. <laughs> okay, you can see. You can go guess. Sorry. <laughs> Could have asked me. I have like. It's maskney. It's maskney. Maskney. That's what it is. Edited and wait. <laughs> wait. Wait. I apologize if you can hear this noise in the background. I'm about to lose <laughs> my fucking mind. Lights. Oh, JK. <laughs> Rewind. 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 Wind. Wind. Rewind. Wind. Wind. <laughs> <laughs>